And we're rolling. And we're back. We've returned. Prefer not to say podcast. Another very special episode for everybody today. Yep. Uh, as always, I'm James Bunn, also known as Boutique Paul. And I am Greg Tenbrink, also known as... Fried Rice Fanboy. Fried Rice Fanboy. he loves that fried rice, even <laughs> though he can't eat it right now. <laughs> I just can't eat a lot. That's all. Oh, you just can't eat a lot? Yeah. So you can eat a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. Um, with us today, we have John and Eric Lee, creators of Lavish Media Designs. So if you would like, go ahead and introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm John. Hello, I'm Eric Lee. We are the owners of Lavish Media Designs. A little stage fright there, is that what that is? That's, that's fine. <laughs> just a little touch, bro. I'm just <laughs> not really recording? sure what to say, because I, I don't know what you guys want yet. Uh, well, yeah, that's tell fair. us, uh, what do you guys do at Lavish Media Designs? So, basic, so basically, in a whole, we basically uh, make uh, media of all sorts, you know. So that comes down to, you know, us printing stuff on shirts, uh, stickers, decals, stuff like that. Um, we also do a lot of videos for photography. We have a, actually an in-house photographer that does a lot of the stuff for us. Um, yeah, and then uh, also, uh, addition to that photographer, we also have another friend. His name is Danny, who does a lot of the photography and videography for us as well. I was gonna say, I think I saw one of uh, one of his most recent works on your Instagram page, the uh, like collaboration video for the previous year, I think. Uh, yeah, uh, Chase has been releasing uh, snippets of his uh, video from last year. So basically what he did the entirety of the last year is he uh, recorded a whole bunch of stuff. He used some of it for stuff that we had already uh, released. And then he saved a whole bunch of stuff that we hadn't seen, created a whole like two hour movie and then had a little get together with all like the team and everyone involved last year. Uh because last year was our real first big year yeah. uh, leaping into the scene, really putting ourselves out there. So Chase did a really good job of um, kind of representing who we are in that movie. So, you know, over the next few months, you'll see him releasing a lot of that stuff on our YouTube. Oh, okay. So oh, that's cool. It's yeah. like a like a year in review and like a pretty much, yeah. Just like a lot of like the behind of the scenes that we recap didn't, what yeah. we do. Yeah, all of it. Pretty oh, much. Oh, wow. That's that's awesome. Yeah, so it, like we didn't really uh, announce that there was going to be a movie. Um, Chase, um, the photographer, videographer that did that for us, uh, he didn't really tell me until about halfway into last year. So that's when I found out about it. And so oh, so he was working on it the whole time yeah, so and then just sort of dropped it on you like, oh, hey, by the way. <laughs> yeah, and then I didn't even know the title of the movie until the day before he dropped it. Oh, that's Which pretty good. Cool. I that's... didn't even know about it until a week before the whole video dropped. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knew but Chase and my brother, which is really funny. Well, that's how you get that authentic footage, you know? Right. The genuine reactions. You but know? you, you find put... out, you're like, wait, what? This has been going on the it's whole like, time? <laughs> exactly. And a I, movie. And I think that's what um, really sets Chase apart from a lot of the other filmers that... Um, not necessarily who I see as competition, but just like other creators in the air, area, in the scene... Um, I just feel like Chase, he, he's very picky with the content that he uses. He only uses very like candid, real content. Like he doesn't ever ask people to pose. Like he hates, uh, when I ask him to do photo shoots for like our, um, clothing and stuff. Cause he hates pose stuff. He loves real interaction with people. Oh, so he, he, he chases the authenticity. Exactly. The, the, the actual, mm-hmm. like capturing the exact moment. Exactly. I, exactly. I hate my picture being taken, but I much prefer it when it's not uh, 
organized shoot. Exactly. Right. If you want to make yes. sure you just catch me in action, because that's because then like the smile always looks fake, and you're like you're doing this awkward stuff that you know you weren't <laughs> doing. Like exactly. Like you're working with your hands, and you look up at the camera. It's like nobody does that. You're looking at what you're doing. Exactly. So it's easier just to take feet pics, you know. <laughs> <laughs> feet pics are very uh, authentic feet pics. <laughs> walking across the beach, because <laughs> it all comes back to feet pics. All right, so uh, let's let's rewind a little bit. Well, when you were like, when you were brainstorming the idea for the creation of your company, like, what was going through your head? You know, like, what yeah, what, what inspired you going through? this? So honestly, um, sorry, you haven't talked that much, but um. I, I feel like I we'll should start because I feel like uh, I kind of uh, did did it first, like by no offense to you at all, because uh, back in 2015, um, one of my close friends, his name is Aaron, he um, uh, reached out to me at the time I was working at a vape shop. I was a manager, so I was kind of in charge of, of everything. So I needed to make merch. So he ended up making a lot of that merch for me. So in turn, I started to work with him. And then a few years go by, uh, that company didn't work out. So I asked him to come work for us uh, in that company. And um, before we even came up with Lavish, my brother had an, uh, uh, another company. So I'll let him take over a little bit and tell uh, you guys about that a little bit. Yeah, so um, back in high school, I was working at Office Max at the time. So I wasn't making too much money, but my other coworker, Justin, he started this um, clothing company called Reckless Behavior. And he asked me if I wanted to be a part of it. I was like, sure, yeah, that sounds fun. This is someone I've been friends with for a while through high school. But it did not go too well at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, his heart was in it. But, like, the the process of being able to actually get sales and market your products was very difficult for him. So that's something that, like, that made the company fall. So that's when me and my brother kind of put our heads together. It's like, why don't we just work together? We're brothers. I mean, yeah, you both. <laughs> and you guys already kind of do it already. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. So basically one day I was, I, I was really itching to start another company and I had just realized like, Hey, my brother did this too. So why are we not doing this together? Cause like <laughs> his stuff didn't work out. My stuff didn't work out. Take the bows from Beth Elements. Right. And- exactly. So I feel like us together, there's no way with that. We wouldn't work out. So, people, if you have the urge to start a company, just do it. Exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. That's really how it went down. It was very impulsive. I mean, even if even if it, like, bombs in the end, like, it's a learning experience. So, you it can is. go into the next one with uh, more more behind you. It sounds like the bombs already happened, and that's how they ended up together. <laughs> yeah, that's, get themselves. that's exactly like, how, how it happened. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I mean, full disclaimer, for me, at least, this is my third attempt at the company. So, Oh okay, wow! Well, yeah, so third time's the charm, man. Yeah. <laughs> third time really is the charm. You, you got to practice it. Yeah, I mean, after the first few times, you really learn um, who you want to work with and who you want to stay friends with, because you'll ruin a lot of friendships with business. I mean, I don't remember who said this, but uh, they were always saying, "Don't don't mix business and friends because uh, it always ends up biting you in the ass." Or is it business and family? Can't remember. Both. Uh, I've personally experienced both. Well, I've always kind of had a personal policy, uh, like if for any sort of business venture I may start or be a part of, if I'm if I'm hiring or working with a friend, I have to be one hundred be one hundred percent okay with firing them if I have to. Oh, absolutely. James, what are you trying to say? You gonna fire me? <laughs> of course not. I can't fire you. He's right there. <laughs> the world needs Daddy Master Senpai. <laughs> and I will answer that call. So, uh, 
What was it like when you first got together and started doing it together as opposed to the experience you had working separately with other people? Um, I feel like at least for me personally, I felt it was easier to work with my brother because we because before when I would bounce ideas off of um, my other teammates, um, I feel like there would be a lot of clashing ideas and colors and themes. But with being my with me, my brother um, being the same cultural background, obviously, because we're brothers, you know, I feel like a lot of what we envision is pretty much the same if not very very close right okay so it's a it's a more it's more palatable dynamic between the two of you as opposed to yourself and uh any other random friend absolutely well it's like your brothers you grew up together you guys already kind of know how each other thinks so starting a business is a no-brainer especially since you guys sort of like found your way to it separately coming together just probably made that even easier oh yeah it just made a whole lot of sense financially and just like um, in terms of efficiency, just because, you know, if we work different shifts, then we can, you know, take in orders at different times mm-hmm. of the day, you know, so it kind of works out. Okay. Um, well, hit us with a little bit of a, a little success story. Nothing too crazy, you know, like what let you know that you were on the right path with Lavish Media? What was your first, like, big order that you can remember? My first big order was probably um from my friend named Julian. He's actually a singer in um for Hope College, but he needed merch for his show that he was having and he needed maybe about 80 shirts in total, which is quite a lot of money and it was like my first big order and it was it was something different for sure. Is it definitely made it made it real from yeah. your perspective? Oh yeah, you know it Especially, wasn't just like uh, during the process of pressing those eighty shirts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our arms felt real. <laughs> <laughs> it's very time consuming it's, for the work we do. It's definitely a change from like selling a shirt here uh, or like a wristband or whatever there. You know, to like close friends and family. Once you're out there like selling stuff, then it's reaching like uh, an audience for anybody. Then it's like. Like, I don't want to say it, but, you know, you made it. You know, you're, yeah. you're starting along that line. <laughs> you know, but at the same time, it can be nerve-wracking because it's different making clothes for, say, my mom or, like, uh, my coworker. Because if it peels off a little bit, then I can make them another one. It, but mm-hmm. if I'm making clothing that's going out to the world to people who I don't personally know, um, it's a little nerve-wracking because you just feel like that cl- the, the clothes are going to come back. <laughs> well, also when it, when you're thinking about it, it's one or two shirts as opposed to an entire production run that's going off somewhere right, else, right? So there's a lot to it, yeah. What was the process like in finding the right team to help you with all this stuff? Honestly, building the team was probably the hardest part. Um, I knew for sure I wanted Aaron on the team because he was kind of someone who I knew that. I could count on when, you know, when I really needed him, you know, for big events and stuff, he's, he's always been there. And, uh, with him living further away about, you know, sometimes four forty minutes with traffic, um, it's hard for him to always be out here and be directly involved, but, um, his heart's in there, but his, his time is just not there. Cause you know, he, he works a full-time job, but you know, he's always there for support. And then, um, Next, I would say that um, um, our our very close friend Brian, 
He, uh, we've known him for a very long time, since he was nine. He's about, what, 18, 19 now? He's 20. Oh, he's 20 now. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man, Close I never enough. remember anybody's He's age. a legal adult. <laughs> yeah, so he, so he went to Tech Center, so he uh, has already known all this stuff even before us. Okay. Uh, which, yeah. which is crazy. Um, and then so we had reached out to him, and I know that my brother had a few um, friends as well that he had joined. Yeah, but the initial team that we had starting isn't with us now because we had a um, there was a bunch of conflicts with a bunch of different people with like family problems or they're having um, just anxiety like, problems yeah, or like, like just, just like, like it, a lot of time constraints yeah. and uh, prior obligations like school, which I completely understand. You know, mm-hmm. I I always stress to everyone like, hey, if you have school, I would rather you do that than do lavish. Right. You know. I mean, you know, lavish has potential, but you know, it's right. a, there's a, it's a steady development as right. opposed right. to like, you know, yeah. a big boom. I don't want someone to completely drop their whole lives for this when right. I know when I don't know for a fact that you know this isn't gonna work out long term. But you know, that's a bad way to think about it. But you, but but you have to be a little bit of uh, realistic at the same time. It's, I mean, you guys aren't at, exactly doing it full time yet. No, we no. Are absolutely so, are not. That and it's a lot easier for like you to make the, the sacrifice for your own company. It's it's almost impossible to ask someone else to make a sacrifice. Exactly, exactly. and it's I would never ask hard. someone else to do that. But yeah. it's funny that you say that because we actually have someone that does work full time for us. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. he works uh, mostly off of uh, just commission based. Mm-hmm. Um, so he um, goes out and you know f- and finds these orders and does them himself. So he's very. Um, his name is Derek, and he's very self-efficient. Uh, and it, it's funny because we didn't even ask him to join the team, um, which is the thing I love most about Derek is when we first got our shop last year in February, I didn't even ask him to come out, but he came out and looked at the shop with us. And um, prior to him joining Lavish, I only hung out with him on occasion, so not very often, but I still considered him a pretty good friend. He's definitely an initiator is what it sounds like. Yeah, definitely. So um, he just started showing up every day. And then all of a sudden he was like, hey, can you show me how to make stickers? And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> He's yeah. definitely our most proactive yeah, worker. So, so like, I you want to learn things? Yeah, so <laughs> sure. I would say, um, especially these last few months with us moving back home and transitioning um, back from the shop, um, Derek has been a very key player to lavish keeping things moving forward while we transition okay so it's definitely it's definitely about like noticing the uh the qualities and the people around you to see who's, who's, who's team member material mm-hmm. that's kind of what you're doing all the time isn't it I love that's the only way to describe bit, it yeah. all the time you're looking at everybody like you have this skill you have this trait all right how <laughs> can how can I make this work? Honestly, that's some so people, true. Some people, it's a little more difficult. You know, you got to kind of like deep dive who they are to figure out what you can draw out of them, or just at least push them to do. Because like when we started this podcast, you know, we were just kind of thinking about, oh, well, we'll start a podcast, and then we'll start a podcast. Everybody has that conversation. Yeah, let's start a podcast. Nobody really starts. But I noticed that I noticed <laughs> that James had all this recording equipment, and I was like, fuck it, let's just sit in here and record one episode. Let's let's just j- j- dive into it, you know. Well, you also hadn't been in this room like had since you moved Pro- in yeah. for months. You didn't really know what I had. you know I you know I did that's, things, that's what I'm but saying. you like, didn't know what is he extent. doing there for all those hours. For, for me, from my perspective, it was it was just like it was the lab. I I just wrote it off as it's the lab. There's something in there, and 
he's doing stuff with it, and science is going on behind him. (laughs) (laughs) For all I know, he's developing a doomsday device like six feet away from where I sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then we just you know sat recorded our first episode, and we've been recording every week ever since. It's that first up. Sometimes you need that person who's just going to push you right into it. Absolutely, I I sometimes find that um, one of the hardest things is like just finding that motivation, you know, but having a team around you that is driven, um, driven, right. it really helps that motivation and that morale level stay high. It's important. Morale. Mm-hmm. That is, that is definitely important. That And just momentum too. Cause I, I've, I found, especially in our business, when we do like order after order, it keeps the momentum and the motivation high because it keeps us busy, you know, What's next? What's next? What's next? You know? So did you guys, with your current product base, did you guys start doing all the things you do now? Or was it like you started with a particular product, like a base product, and then you expanded from there? From when we first started, we normally just did um, some small stickers, and then we just made t-shirts. Maybe some long sleeves, some crewnecks, but it wasn't too vague yet. But then we started to expand to hats, and then we're starting to um, expand with uh, different types of uh, ways to make clothes, so embroidery or like screen printing, not just vinyl. Oh, okay. But we, we started with the vinyl machine, though. That's our biggest uh, way to make clothes in our products. Yeah, I think especially at the beginning, we were really stressing actually like mastering the craft of making the clothes and not worrying so much about the product in the end, you know? It's just the actual process of, okay we need this this vinyl needs to be this temperature and pressed for this long at this pressure so at the beginning it was a lot of trial and error to really figure out like what works and what doesn't especially with um using multiple types of screen or print printing methods if we use like vinyl um in addition to like sublimation ink or like embroidery with like extra vinyl or like extra glitter or something you know so it it's it was a lot of learning and messing a lot of stuff up so so it was more so in the beginning it was about mastery instead of like we're just gonna make products and put them out there you guys actually wanted it to be right get to the point where you do it right the first time exactly right. bad product doesn't sell Exactly. We were were pretty much just selling our technique at that point. Just like selling the fact that we can make clothes and and these will last is basically Mm. what we were selling at first. It almost goes back to the thing with mechanics. You're paying for their knowledge. Pretty much. I mean, you got to think about like the time it takes for them to do things and how much things really cost. Like, you know, if you look at the bill for any sort of like skilled labor, the hours you look at that hours mark and how much it costs you like and then you see them do it or you look it up yourself like man i could have done that myself but you Mm -hmm. you're paying for the person who who, who took that (laughs) you don't have to go through the steps they took to actually master the skill they have i mean for a lot of things that i can do myself i'm still like it's gonna take me four times as long and i'm probably gonna fuck something up so i'm just gonna pay someone to do it anyways you know as as far as like working on like my car yeah i mean it is easier to have you know that's why i like to have friends who are mechanics so then I don't have to go to a mechanic who's probably going to price gouge me anyway. <laughs> Amen to that. It's just, it's, you know, business is business in certain areas, and some places definitely take advantage, and they know they can yeah. take advantage. I mean, it's important, too, you know, when you when you realize that the people around you have these skills to, you know, float the money into their hands as opposed to these larger companies. Exactly. Too. Yeah. You know, what's the thing? Support your artist friends in 2020? Mm-hmm. I mean, 
I wouldn't really call a mechanic an artist, but still I'm going to support him. It's kind of an art. I mean, some people treat it like an art. If they're creating something, I'd call it art. They're, if they're, I don't know. Well, it's like, I'd say, say being a mechanic is more of an art form, there not an go. art itself. It's like martial arts. That's yeah, an art form, yeah. but it's not. <laughs> so, uh, That's yeah. true. So, uh, have you noticed that uh, in your circle that you've, like, inspired other people to, like, sort of follow suit and, you know, chase their dreams or create their own company or venture off into working for themselves? Oh, absolutely. Um, Just not even in the sense of, like, lavish, but. Um, just like music and stuff too, since I make music as well. Um, I see a lot of all my friends who have never made music, have never been interested in music, who ha- are suddenly making crazy stuff that I would never make. And it's only been like a year, you know? So, so it really is crazy how much you can influence and inspire people in just a matter of like a year. I don't know. Greg seems to be motivating everybody these I, days. <laughs> as much as I don't like people, I'm somehow a people person. I don't understand it. It's like we start a podcast. Everyone wants to start a podcast now because Greg did it. Trendsetter. Yo, that's hilarious that that you say that because I actually just started working at a call center recently uh, this year. And I thought I so so during my job, there's two things. There's, you know, you, you're obviously on phones or you're answering emails. I thought I would want to be on emails, but I actually love being on the phone with people. It's it's, it's kind of weird. Yeah, for real. Like I spent six years delivering appliances, you know, so I'm face to face with customers every day, you know. And like as much as I hated people, it was like the, the five minutes I was in their home and I was like telling them about the stuff that they just bought or whatever. It's like. The way that they looked at me and the way that I had all this useful information for them, it just made me feel like better about myself. You know, it's just like I'm helping this person. It's well, not just I'm doing a job. I'm doing a service that anybody could do. It's like my knowledge is spewing forth. And well, they're it, it's that thing where it. like a switch flips when you're in a scenario like me. It's impossible for me to just approach people in a general setting. But when I worked in sales at Guitar Center, it was no issue just walking up and talking to people randomly. I definitely know how you feel because I was never one to, to um, you know, be that, you know, quote unquote salesman like, hey, how are you doing? I got this at this price, you know, but uh, when I uh, lived in Lansing, actually, I, I worked at a head shop and um, one of the new New York guys came out. Uh, this was a pretty big head shop. They were they had a corporate out in New York, but they had a regional manager come out and he really taught me how to like be a salesman without being a salesman, if that makes sense, you know, like makes plenty of sense. Just being, being so nice where people want to buy stuff, you know, you're, you're creating this, uh, this air of, uh, of ease for the customer mm-hmm. where they feel like they're not in a situation where someone's trying to sell them something. They just feel like they're in a, in a good environment <clears throat> and you just happen to have something on offer. So what was it like in the beginning starting up? I mean, not, you don't have to go into too crazy details, but like, you know, like things like, you know, upfront costs and figuring out what machinery to get or just finding a location in general. Yeah, honestly, a lot of the stuff we already had um, from prior failed businesses. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you were slowly been acquiring your toolbox. Yeah, yeah. And, right. We basically and, had the equipment already. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of the ideas um, actually um, were stemmed off of ideas from the old businesses too and i know my brother um can say a lot about that because we actually reused some of the stuff for our latest drop yeah that was so we had this japanese drop and um we had some unreleased designs we had from my old company and um 
when I had left the other company, I had still asked Justin, which was the owner of the company I was a part of, to come join our company. And he was all for it and he became our designer. So he was completely okay with us using the designs we had already made for a different company. But we just rebranded it for ourselves. And it's really cool because like at the beginning, Justin, um, coming from the old company, he was producing a lot of really cool stuff at the start. Um, And at the start, having those really nice, like bold designs really help people recognize who we are. Like that Lotus logo that we had. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people know us because of that Lotus now that we had first made on that first drop. Is that is that that sticker that you had at uh, NRC? Yeah. Oh yep. man, I gotta get me some of those. Those yeah. those are beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I was so mad when I sat down and everybody had one but me. I was like, no, <laughs> you're like the, the job, odd one bro. out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, showed up late. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that day. Always be early. That's a lesson to take from this <laughs> <For> real. <laughs> you might miss out on something cool. <laughs> yeah, but um, other know. than that, with. Uh, uh, at the beginning, a lot of the financial stuff was kind of taken be by me and my brother. Uh, a lot of it was out of pocket, um, a- actually, when we first first started, even before when we had the shop. Um, but when we had the shop, um, the income started coming in a little bit more so we could m- more reliably um, actually pay for some of the bills with actually some of the orders that we were doing, which was uh, a dream. It was It was crazy. It gets <laughs> that's yeah. the, that's always good. You're just yeah. like, wait a minute, we're making enough money so we can pay bills. Yeah, it's, it's like... self sustaining now. <laughs> Sweet, <perfect>. that's like <laughs> that's like the point that I want to hit. You know, it's like as soon as it can take care of itself, because then you just everything beyond that is just money. It's just great, pretty much. And honestly, everything beyond that now is like it's just kind of fun. You know, like now knowing that I am, I do have the ability to make money off of it. Now I can actually focus on the actual brand rather than like. Um, the actual fact that I can make it and do it. So you make the stuff. Now you're just trying to find more buyers for it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Now we're just trying to find the, our demographic, our people, our fans. Well, maybe we can help you with that a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Right. The the, the prefer not to say drop. (laughs) That'd that'd be nice for the future. But yeah, it's, it's once, once you're, once you got that upward trend, it's it's just great to see the opportunities for you to turn around and like reinvest it in yourself, whether it's like advertising, uh, new equipment, like new team members, just growth in general. It's definitely, you know, goals. Definitely. How long has Lavish been around now at this point? We started maybe mid two thousand seventeen, but we didn't officially start as a company with our LLC until two thousand eighteen. Okay, so it's so it's about two years now, then. Yeah, I, I, I would. Say or so. two two years officially, but a little bit. Yeah. Further, a little bit further out. For with all just, with all the testing and whatnot, yeah. yeah. And then you guys obviously have been doing it for a little while before that. So I mean, <laughs> overall, yeah. it's like you have you know several years at this point. So <laughs> oh, definitely right. So now now it's just yeah, it really is just about kind of like getting a bit more out there and finding the audience. Yeah, exactly. Because at this point, like, like. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I know that our designs are fire, right? <laughs> so, hey, man, all so, I'm saying is I've so, seen them. They are. <laughs> so at this point, we just got to find the people who are, you know, willing to support, willing to, um, you know, rock rock the clothes. Because it's funny because, like, uh, at our meets, when when we would have limited stock, 
people would be really bummed out that we wouldn't have any more stock but it was weird because a lot of people wouldn't go online to order and i think the reason was is like that interaction you know like people really like there in person feeling it seeing it makes you want to buy it they'd rather Mm -hmm. they'd rather take it from you than just have it sent to their house yeah exactly and also i think just seeing it in person seeing the designs in person seeing all the little details it really draws people in because i um justin he puts a lot of time and effort into the little details that go into his die cuts Ah, that's good you gotta have quality quality Mm -hmm. is where it's at you got quality product (laughs) that you'll have quality customers yeah because anyone can vectorize an image but to vectorize it in a way where you can die cut it out of vinyl and print it on a shirt so it looks like the actual image still it's it's really difficult and then also to do to do it in a way where we can mass produce and mass weed it in a time efficient manner that's a whole nother factor into the business side of it it's right. an impressive skill. Most things aren't easy. Like I tried my hand at designing our logo, and it was just—it's not full disclosure. I think it's really lame. But I mean, <laughs> the first logo is supposed to be. I put it, it together. Is. Well, I'm also big on kind of like mastery myself. Like I don't—I don't like to play the delegation game too much. I want to actually kind of know what I'm doing and then pass it off. Because then if I have to like assist, then I can kind of speak or the language. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I couldn't be one of those dudes who just take something like, oh, I'll take this, don't know anything about it, put it out there, yeah, I made money off of it, but if it, if I ever lose it, then I'm going to suffer, because... Yeah. Because that sucks. <laughs> now, do you guys have any... Are there any other companies or personalities in the kind of industry you work at that you are working that, you know, kind of influence you? Like, I don't want to, I totally don't want to stereotype you guys because you're, you're Asian, but were you guys into a, a bathing ape? line like the hype beast hype beast kind of um trend with like supreme vape and like off-white and whatnot um i'd say no that those those don't really um influence us because we they're just like a non-factor because you guys are just your own thing yeah we always try to be different definitely setting yourself apart. Mm -hmm. i mean me personally growing up i've always looked up to those brands especially like supreme knowing that um they've built a brand for themselves using a tactic that is not normally used by uh, a lot of clothing brands. Well, they do that. They do the whole exclusivity thing, which is always one of the biggest. Mm -hmm. That's always one of like the biggest factors, anything successful. It's like, if it's exclusive, people want it more. I mean, what did they, didn't they slap Supreme on a brick or something like that? And then (laughs) (laughs) you just throw, you throw Supreme on like, Oh, I'll throw a Supreme on this, uh, uh, coffee table yeah, so, it just goes instantly so, i mean it's not like i'm lavish is influenced by them but i definitely uh s- can look up to what they're doing and how they're doing it and 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 i wonder how they're still doing it <laughs> yeah much you know love I mean? for those companies still. i mean yeah, res- you know, brands are an enough. interesting thing it's it and it's also it's like if you have the if you have certain people associating themselves with the brand also it just right. takes very off. true and and sometimes it's it can be a wild card too. Like it could just be a random thing that that like you said that one person sees it and then you blow up. Yeah, you like know? you know, you never know. But you never it's know. Like eventually, Kanye wears lavish gear. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be something else. <laughs> <goals. Sure. laughs> Kanye, you're like we've made it. <laughs> yeah, you get that. I, I, I don't, I don't think I can name. say I've made it until I've seen one of my shirts in a thrift store. <laughs> <laughs> 
It had <laughs> Someone okay. wore it and then got rid of it. <laughs> it's vintage at that point. Wore it so much they wore it out and then they had to give it away because it was like discolored or something. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be kind of crazy. They wore it it's too like... much. <laughs> but it's got to be like a nice thrift store. You don't want it to go just straight like Goodwill or something like that. Oh, hell no. I want to go to a nice Salvation Army, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, man. That is hilarious. So, do you guys kind of have a way of forecasting growth within the company? Honestly, I try to kind of predict where we're going to be in the next year, in the next two, three years. But honestly, at this point, it's it's hard to tell because we've had so much growth in the last year from being at the shop. Being there has really uh, helped us uh, grow in a way where we haven't before. Um, I'm not sure how to put it. It's weird. It's 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 almost like when we were at the shop, everyone knew we were always there. You know, like everyone always knew that there was something going on at the shop. You know, it almost gave you an identity, right? Like, yeah. like who, who are these dudes and what are they doing right. in that like, building? Like, <laughs> like it was not only a company at that point, but at that point, it was a place that you could go to, go like a place that you could go and bring your car and work on. Or, hey, if you need an order, you hit us up, and we're not busy with an order. We can get it done for you that day. You swing by, you pick it up, and no worries. We'll we'll even in, in, install it at that point. So. It, it definitely makes uh, the concept of lavish media tangible for the exactly. right. customers. Mm-hmm. Like it's something that you can touch, something that you can physically see. And it's funny, our signs are, are still up. <laughs> no, really, they're, they're still up there. <laughs> lavish That's HQ. Free advertising. So, so if you guys ever get that spot, you, so just hit us up and we'll just put a little... Plus podcast. <laughs> uh, I think that's one thing I like about the podcast. People have to use their imaginations on where we are. Mm-hmm. Like you don't like. Oh, where are they recording? Oh yeah, it we're could be totally anywhere. in Vegas right now. <laughs> I mean, we did give them a bit of information. You know, they know we're in Jenison. We're yeah, we're in Jenison, Michigan. But where in Jenison? The, the where? <laughs> right. I mean, from where, lavish. <laughs> yeah, where, where, yeah, where the lavish, where the old lavish HQ is, literally just a little drive away. Yeah, man, it's crazy how like how small the world really is for sure Definitely. yeah that is kind of it's kind of weird because there's always this weird six degrees of separation where i'll know somebody it will come back to me eventually in oh, some yeah. random person yeah that's always how it works especially around here especially because if you if you know certain key people who go to every party in town you you have a you almost have a connect to everybody oh yeah life comes full circle every time <laughs> So, do you have any like particular growth strategies that like maybe you could uh, share with the listeners? No, you don't have to like reveal like your inner secrets. I know everybody has theirs, but like anything that's really helped you in the past, you know, that's uh, that our listeners could take and use for themselves. Honestly, for me, um, my my actual strategy for growth is just just there's not a real strategy. Other than just hoping for, you know, people to see your work and admire it, but also just being genuine, you know, because I see a lot of these quote unquote YouTubers and, oh yeah and, and, and they're doing this and they're doing that and, and it's too much. You know what I mean? So it doesn't feel real. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like yes, anyone can vlog, but there's got to come to a point where you have to realize like, 
um, like people want to see what's real, like what's actually going on, not what's planned. If that makes any sense, that's what makes a vlog a vlog. Yeah, like if I wanted to see a performance piece, I'd go right. to a theater or something. And I think that's what also sets us apart, especially a lot of our content is like a lot of our content is just really chase hanging out around us, filming just random stuff, and it's just the boys hanging out, you know. And I think that's what my real strategy is: is just hang hanging out with the boys, getting real genuine content, wholesome, you know. And I feel like that's what at the end of the day, people really want to see. It's almost like a classic concept, hanging out with the boys. It's such a general thing. Like We're just hanging out with the boys. <laughs> Maybe catch us around town. Yeah, I mean, it's basically what it is. And you never know if you might catch somebody like in the camera randomly and they might notice it and be like, oh, look, I'm in this video randomly. And then it just, you got exactly. all these other like, people. Especially with it. us, um, when we did a lot of those car meets in the summer, Chase would film those too. And, you know, we'd get... Um, views on those and it's not because we filmed that video but it's because like their friends would see them and they'd send it to you hey you're in this video hey, you're you're in this video so it almost makes it interactive you know it gives the people a reason to come back and be a part of this not only to be in the videos but to be a part of the community and to be a part of lavish that's the way to do it, you know. Get the get the community involved. Exactly. Yeah, you know, especially if you get the right community involved. Right. It's almost like a team effort between uh, creator and customer. Definitely. Yeah. Like honestly, we would be nothing without the people who you know come back to make those orders or buy banners for every time they crash their car. Or... <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not calling names, but you know who you are. <laughs> Do you have any uh, dedicated customers where they just like, they're, you know, always decked out in lavish gear? Do you Absolutely. have that? Yet? Oh yeah. Big... We have, we have super fans for sure. Uh, <laughs> big shouts out to Gabe. Oh, Gabe, Gabe is one for sure. Um, yeah. Rip, uh, rest in peace, uh, his his rabbit. He actually just got into a little fender bender the other day. So rest in peace. He's fine. Love you, Gabe. He's always given us support from day one. We used to have whack designs. No, I'm just kidding. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, no, all these designs are fire. I don't care what anybody says. But yeah, we, we definitely have a small group of super fans who, who support us no matter what we drop, no matter what we do. They come to all the the events, and if they can't, they like send us a bunch of DMs. Yo, I saw. Like, sorry, make we it. can't make it out today. Please live stream. <laughs> <laughs> they won't ask us to live stream it yeah. for them, so they we, can see we, us. We though. have people that ask us to live stream our events because they can't make it. Like that's mad cool. I mean that you know that is definitely when you have an audience that's like that, you can only imagine. You know how are they. You know, how many people are they telling on a regular basis? Right. You exactly. know, they see where it's like, hey, I noticed you wear a lot of this gear from this one specific place. What's that about? <laughs> the best place, period. <laughs> yeah. And, close and it's else. crazy because, like, I um, I have a friend. His name is Ray. Um, and he he's really into, like, promotion and, like, strategy and, like, business and stuff like that and, um, and marketing. And he told me. Um, one of the biggest things when 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 you're trying to be successful are those super fans, you know, because because by definition, what a super fan is is uh, someone who spends at least you know a hundred dollars on your merchandise every year. So you know, if you have a thousand super fans, so the Kevin Kelly thousand true fans, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Bingo. <laughs> I knew, I was I knew like, this would I was come like, back around. Sounds familiar. Because I told him because that's that's a concept that I'd heard about in a couple instances. I haven't read the actual 
the full blog yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, they were like, yeah, all you need is a thousand fans. It's it, uh, and there's an example of that what was it a Nipsey Hussle, a kind of he didn't use that approach, but he read this book. Um, I forgot what it was called. I think it's called oh, this book Contagious. This is a book about why things go viral. And there's a story in there about this uh, uh, place that offered a hundred dollar Philly cheesesteak. Yeah. And apparently it's got Kobe beef and topped with lobster tail and served with like, I think it's served with like champagne or something like that. But it was, it was a conversation thing that they wanted to start. Like people weren't always really buying it, but it was a, it was a conversation starter. So we're like, Oh, what's this place? that has got the hundred dollar Philly cheesesteak. Yeah. Like what else? So what he did was he (laughs) took his, uh, mixtape entitled Crenshaw. It's free for download. Mind you, he presses up a thousand copies, sells them for a hundred bucks a piece, does a pop-up shop, sells them out in 24 hours. Jay-Z bought a hundred of them (laughs) because it's (laughs) Jay-Z. And then he did it again. He did a hundred copies of another mixtape, sold them for a thousand dollars a piece, sold 60 of them. So yeah, not quite that, not quite the execution of that specific concept of a thousand true fans, but it's similar. But yeah, I've been thinking about that. I was like, yeah, if you just, a thousand people spend a hundred bucks just within a year, that's less than $10 a month. And you could, you you could easily find a hundred people who will spend a dollar. Mm-hmm. E- easily yeah the super fans is where it's at do we I don't think we have super fans yet hey you got two right here <laughs> right, we got two, we got two right here <laughs> where's my hundred dollars <laughs> uh, you'll get it in a year <laughs> yeah we got two super fans right, we, just, yeah. we just need to get more yeah, yes sir I think, I think 98 more to go I don't, I, don't, I don't even think it counts you guys are on the show now so <laughs> I mean isn't that the goal for every super fan yeah, to interact. Oh, yeah. That is, that is <laughs> true. That's a super fan's mind blown. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, uh, actually before we get into any more questions about that time for the best part of our show? Mm, good old water break. Water breaks. Everybody grab water. your water bottles, get to a sink, drinking fountain, the hose in your backyard. Maybe that, a well if you got that it. The hose water hit different. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. All right, um, guys. One you know second. And we're back. We have John and Eric from Lavish Media here. We're fresh ready. and hydrated. Fresh and oh, hydrated. Yes. As, as Very as hydrated. Important. They stay hustling and they stay hydrated, <laughs> which is the main point of this show. Yo, they gave us these square cups. Very ergonomical. <laughs> <laughs> we had this whole conversation about it before the show started. <laughs> Ergonomics is important, people. Yeah. That's how you flex on your visitors. <laughs> So how important, or say, how integral is customer feedback to your workflow and production? It's absolutely important, especially when it comes to, um, like, mass orders. Um, Since we do everything by hand, we do quality by hand. You know, we only have three people that really... um, three, four people that really do production. So there's only so much um, quality that we can do. So we almost rely on our customers to let us know like, hey, 
uh, this shirt was a little crooked. So that way we can, you know, go and make things right. Mm-hmm. Definitely check out, see where the mm-hmm. error happened. Not, not that it happens future. a whole lot, but, you know, there there have been some instances where we were, like, doing a big order and, like, one shirt out of, like, ten orders got a little sideways so we had to redo it so you know it's not a big deal we're more we're, we're always more than happy to do things right but customer service is the if you, if you don't have good customer service you can't expect to have it, good customers it breeds that Absolutely. uh brand loyalty when people know that you know you're putting in all this extra effort to guarantee that their product is exactly how it should be absolutely and it's funny that you say that because i put in so much extra work sometimes my brother gets mad at me because i want to like send an extra slap with every order and he'll be like yo 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 we cannot be doing that like, a couple orders but not every order he's <laughs> like you can give away a product for free at that point yeah, so, <laughs> so i think it's a good balance between me and my brother when it comes to like that that type of it's good to have that one person, you know, that you can rely on to, you know, uh, you know, reel you back when you're overextending or mm-hmm. just, you know, keep each other in line, so to, so to speak. All right. Uh, bounce out the workflow. I know, like, sometimes, um, stop me if this is too, like, uh, personal but like when when we get when we get some feedback and you're like oh this is this is that dumb feedback i have to like <laughs> remind us like man just let it roll off your shoulders that's the stuff you don't need to worry about that's no i know there's just there's just certain things that annoy me if you nitpick the podcast trust me i'm roasting you behind your back <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know it's it's a it's a good dynamic we have you know I'm like extremely laid back when it comes to like interacting with people like that. So like somebody wants to come at us with the negativity. I'm like, all right, it's cool. I'll just let it roll off and then learn from it. You know, certain negativity with me is fine. There are just certain things where I'm like, okay, look, you try doing a show every single week. <laughs> so we do it every single week without fail. Every without Sunday. fail, every single Sunday. You got to keep it rolling for real. Yeah, definitely. And then just stemming off of that just a little bit. Um, you know, as lavish, we were very into the car scene, and I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the car scene, but it's very cutthroat. So you, we are not car people. So. <laughs> so, so how it works in the car scene is if you mess up, everyone knows. Game over. Your company's done. Yeah, so. that is rough. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it scares me. I mean, luckily, it's like you guys don't just do the car stuff. But I can yeah, imagine yeah. it's got to be like so much pressure from that. Like one person has something bad to say, the entire community is like, "Oh, word, we're done." Yeah, that's really how it is, though. Yeah, it pretty much is, and it's hilarious because uh, we have a um, a local rival. Like, I, I I say quote unquote rival, but I I don't really see him as a rival because we do completely different things. Um, but I know a lot of those people sometimes end up at our meets and then, you know, they talk smack about how our meets uh, this, this and that. But, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like the people who are talking smack are just not seeing eye to eye. You know, it's not the fact that they don't like you or they hate this or hate that. It's just the fact that you can't agree to disagree is basically what right. It you guys, it's, to. you know, everyone's trying to claim their turf. Exactly. exactly. I, I wonder if there's like you know you guys have like super fan fights happening like <laughs> like in back alleys or something Honestly. like lavish versus whatever I world do star. Not doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> what the world star hip hop? Would they be like, hold on, what's going on here? <laughs> hold on, smack is that on game? lavish? <laughs> not happening, buddy. Not around here. <laughs> it's amazing the competition in anything. 
Competition is a good thing, though. It it is, but it breeds some really weird things. Or just certain attitudes. I'm like, yo, it's not that. It's like sports fans. Oh, yeah. Hands down. It's so weird. It's like it's such a weird thing to be, you know. It's almost like a love-hate with everybody. It's like, you know, know, being so passionate about, like, something like you guys to where it's like you got to go to, like, yeah. I wonder wonder if you got fans going to other people's meets just to, like, rep you guys and be like, you guys suck. (laughs) Everybody here, trash. (laughs) Lavish is where it's at. (laughs) Oh, man. So... I think a point that I definitely want to bring up, do you guys ever have experience the turmoil of being artists where you have people coming to you for free stuff? All the time. All the time. I, I always I, get I messages. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Especially when it's we like started that. out, people are saying, hey, sponsor me, sponsor me that. But when we sponsor you, we expect something from that. You know what I mean? Whether it's... um promotion or it's marketing or anything but you just can't give out free things without a return unless there's a purpose to it it's like are you really worth it are you yeah. notable <laughs> enough to where this is actually worth our time or are you just right. like just trying to look for some free swag exactly yeah, and and sometimes it's just like people make orders and then uh i just feel like they just don't want to pay because um because we we we've gotten to the point where like we have people that order and they just don't come to pick stuff up so we have started to um, do this policy where we ask to, you know, at least put a, you know, a, a down do- payment, like a deposit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. especially for custom stuff, you know, because that's something that we have to take a little bit extra time to make sure that it's done right, um, especially because it's only one of that, you know. So we have to pro- pro- prototype that over and over again until it looks right, you know. So it deposits are very important, especially. You yeah, know, you and- have people who try to like. People who try to snake you, uh, you know, <clears throat> just because they feel like they don't have to pay or they just want to get away with something sneaky. Right. Exactly. And it comes back to that free thing, too. You, you know, like, I love the homies. I'm more than willing to hook the homies up, you know. But even the homies got to follow the policy. For sure. <laughs> like, and, and not everybody's a homie, so. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's, uh... and, and, and it's funny because uh, when I started, you know, doing all this crazy stuff to my cars, and like doing all this lavish stuff, having the shop, I all of a sudden had all these new homies. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Everybody's just trying to cop, dude. Yeah. Everyone wants to be a part of it. Everyone wants to be a homie. <laughs> yeah, everyone wants to be a homie, but it doesn't work like that. Yeah, you got to find the ones that are willing to, you know, at least participate in some mm-hmm. in some form. Like anytime, like I've I've always been uh after eric about like lavish merch but like I, i'll never bring up the word free i'm like no i want to pay for it and, and sometimes he's you just like, want to make sure he yeah. has something for you <laughs> <laughs> i just want like, you to save something for me <laughs> like the like the cosplay piece that you guys yeah. made for me which if you didn't know lavish media apparently dabbles in cosplay items <laughs> but um but that well, would open up a whole market to, <laughs> to yeah, them they would yo, never imagine lower your voice we don't got enough production <laughs> Okay, they have a very exclusive cosplay market, and it's me. Custom orders only. But yeah, it's important to you know be interacting with the people that are willing to shell out and you know help the business grow. Yeah, that, and I see fakes. also like it's the people who who want to pay that truly want to support you, you right? Because that is actual support. Uh, we've got a period of silence here. If, if it continues <laughs> gotta, like this, I'm just going to ramble. <laughs> you got to use the people to admit it to process it. I suppose. Uh, That's what the pause button's for. 
<laughs> maybe I'll just like maybe I'll just trim down the silence so that it doesn't seem too long. Nah, I'll just I'll keep it. I very it'll I, sound I don't like a YouTube I don't, edit. Yeah, I don't. I I never. I don't really edit any of the episodes. I just kind of like cut out the sections that don't need to be there for the main sections and. Sure. Yeah. So, what does your family think of what you guys got going on? A lot of the times. I feel like a lot of our older family members just don't know what we're doing at all because we kind of label ourselves as a media group because we do a lot of things. So we'll say we make shirts, but then we still make videos as well. And they don't understand that concept of like a media group. Well, it's, you know, it's beyond their generation, so <laughs> right. they don't quite... They're like, oh, that, that sounds cool, but I don't, I don't get it. But they don't take it as seriously as some of our younger family members, though. Yeah, and and even when it comes to like uh, like my dad and and even our mom. At first, my mom was like, "I don't know if that's a good idea, you know, stickers, bro." <laughs> <laughs> stickers, then, uh, really? Yeah, and then she <laughs> saw us um, started to make like a large amount of stuff, and she's like, "Oh, you can actually like make a lot of money doing this." And then I still don't think my dad realizes how much like income you can actually make off of this industry because it's a whole industry and it's it's funny that um that i got into this because in college i had a really close friend of mine um in college i actually went to uh, school for automotive uh fun fact but i had a friend in college who went to school for marketing and now he's a multi-millionaire and you know what he does he makes shirts exclusively for cheer competitions all around the country he's a multi-millionaire now. yo wow, he, wow that's <laughs> so, but the minute you say that you're like oh i can see how he got became a millionaire yeah. mm-hmm. so so it's you gotta find that customer yeah, base so, so i'm trying to put that into the perspective of my dad how much money there really is in this industry but it's not really clicking in his head because we're still in his basement <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah man everything everything you're not out yet in a so. basement or a garage yeah it starts yeah. somewhere at least because he sees the money that we spend on the business he doesn't see the money coming in because you know grow, grow growing up we've always been around business our parents have pretty much always have owned a nail salon so to them you know I'll, unless you're coming home at the end of the week with a really big paycheck it doesn't seem like a business to them if that makes sense yeah well, especially, especially being in an industry like nail salons that's yeah you get that it's like you you got locked in like you're guaranteed to make something off yeah i mean i i know those services aren't cheap and the lines to get that kind of stuff done is always long oh yeah (laughs) the wait is always forever i can can imagine though it's like you know nice for them to see you know you guys being entrepreneurial as they are i mean yeah you know it's definitely, even though it's like, don't quite get it. I mean, once you show like, oh, hey, here's a chart of how our finances really work. And then they'll be like, oh, okay. <laughs> or when, you know, Kanye start wearing your stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. And Kanye's, you know, rocking your guys' stuff. They'll be like, oh, so you, you guys do kind of do something. So have you had any uh, run-ins with uh, detractors or anybody that feels like you're not meeting their expectations for like your your choice in life obviously because you've, you've chosen to create lavish media you've chosen to get out there on your own and not just follow the it become an employee route you know so like what's it like de- what's it like been dealing with all that adversity honestly um i i struggled with that a lot last year um i just felt like last year at the time i was dating someone who i just felt like wasn't really 
um, believing in what we could accomplish um, by being at the shop, you know, and and with with that negativity, it can sometimes be hard to move forward. But but what I personally did is I kept on, you know, trying to get orders, trying to prove not only to the people who don't believe us, but the but to to myself that I can do this. And it's not only speaking it into existing, but it's also actually doing it and seeing the progress happen right in front of you. Um, and I can say, especially in the past year, with um, all the people saying that we're not going to make it, oh, being at the shop is a really bad idea, you know? Like, at the end of the day, being at the shop didn't work out long term, but I still feel like it helped us grow and reach that level of... Um, of seriousness, if that makes any sense. Makes it feel uh, official and it's a learning experience. So it's almost like you had to be your own cheerleader then. Pretty much, yeah. Was, you know? well, it's one of those things where you have to kind of get back at him and was like, oh, you don't think we should be at the shop? Do you have a shop? <laughs> like, have, having a shop, like, that's the, you have real estate that you're in. Right. That alone speaks volumes. Like, you guys put in the effort to get into a location. Oh, yeah. Like, I got a water bill here, man. <laughs> right? <laughs> I pay for water here. Got a water bill and the lights are on. That's, that's big. <laughs> so what was it like? Because um, you guys moved, because you guys were on Chicago Drive, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it like moving it more to more to hometown base? Was that was it was it specifically to get you guys closer like and not having to commute. Yeah, so uh, initially we were at my parents' house in their basement starting off and we had moved out there. So moving back, it was actually almost kind of like a relief, wouldn't you say? It was very, very nice to come back because it's a lot easier to come home and then to just straight work on stuff with everybody. Then to commute to a location where like, okay, exactly. everybody go out. Of, you got to get it here at this time. We got to do this. Now it's like yeah. you go home and you're like, all right, I guess I'm doing this for the rest of the night. And then on top we've of got that, the time. it's like your second and or maybe third like commute the, of the day. Like one, one of the biggest things about the shop I felt is like, don't get me wrong. I love the shop. I loved being there, hanging out with everyone. It was such a good time. We yeah. had so many good memories, great footage, you know, great con- content. But at the end of the day, a lot of the time there was spent just hanging out and not being as productive as we could have or should have been. And, um, and you know, we're all guilty of it. You know, it's a shop. We have a great time there, you know, but um, I feel like transitioning home, um, especially the last like two months with Derek being really full time has made me realize that being at the shop, um, while it did help us grow, did kind of stunt us in other ways as forms as uh like bad habit i mean the move to holland is still very beneficial because a lot of our main workers still live in holland so we're a lot closer to the community that we started in anyways as well so So it kind of makes it a little bit easier yeah Yeah, so i wouldn't Mm -hmm. say the move back home is uh, necessarily bad or a step backwards it's just a step in a different direction i would say so i Given the shop experience, does that give you a little bit more insight on how to approach it when you move out again? Absolutely. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. We learned so much about having an actual like uh, location that next time around, we're going to do things a lot more efficiently. Well, that's good. I mean, hey, you know, 
didn't quite work out, but it's not like it was, you know, it's, what was it, Thomas Edison that said he didn't, so he made the light bulb, he said, I didn't make a light bulb wrong 99 times, I learned how not to make a light bulb 99 times, or something like that. Yeah, and, and I'm not gonna, like, sit here and say, like, lavish is always perfect, you know, like, we're always doing things right, because there are times where it can be hard. You know, like with every business, there's always hardships. And, you know, um, especially in the winter months, we can be a little bit slower because there's less like car stuff going on because a lot of the orders are from like car related um, orders. Um, But, you know, that doesn't really deter us from pushing forward and keep on, you know, doing the things that we love, despite the fact that we don't have the same amount of orders in the summer as we do in the winter. Okay, um, work-life balance. Have you uh, felt that, at least in the infancy of your uh, your company, you had to like give up a few things to make sure that it was successful? Do you feel like, or do you feel like you you balance it pretty well to where like a, a lot of people they don't feel like they have the time to create something like this because they have to give up like maybe the time they socialize with their friends or the time they yeah or the time <laughs> they spend on their hobbies. Uh, do you feel like you balanced it well, or did you just make that decision to just give up? something so that you could ensure the success of lavish i'll i'll let you go first because i have a lot to say (laughs) i think for me and my brother at least we we do put in a lot of work into lavish and that that does mean that we are giving up some sleep sometimes we can't play games i mean you know i'm in the discourage you hey i'm gonna work on some orders right now (laughs) you know and sometimes that's just how it is too you know like we just got to keep moving forward and that's just how i see it so, um, at least with me, what was the question again? Oh, the, the, the work, the work life balance. balance. Like, okay, yeah. work, work how, life. how does yeah. it, how does it, okay. how does lavish affect your life? Um, as for me, I feel like if you really want something to work, you will find time for it. You know, I have a lot of hobbies. I make music. I do car stuff. You know, that stuff takes up a lot of time, you know, like, um, for example, I had just released a 12 minute, uh, track. Um, which a lot of people for some reason think it's a mix, but no, it's one 12 long minute track. <laughs> <laughs> and for the record, I was trying to make it longer, but my computer kept crashing. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'd be interested to hear this one. But anyways, you know, those, these types of hobbies take a really long time. Like that track took me over 20 self, 20 something hours to uh, finish. And, you know, if I can do that, work 40 hours a week and then still get all the lavish orders done, I don't feel like there's any excuse for anyone not to, you know, at least have a passion that they're working on on the side, whether it be a business or an art form of some type, you know. So I feel like if you really have a passion for it, you'll find time for it. That's what a lot of successful people say. They're like, you know, there's really no excuses. If you if you think you can't, you probably can. It's just, you know, or it's or it's like that thing about like perfectionism. I think it was like Gary V said, perfection is just insecurity in disguise. It's like you're you're spending all this time perfecting it when it could have just probably been put out there a long time ago. Yeah, some someone had told me some something once. They had, um they had told me that whatever you want in life. You already have it, but it's whether you're at that level to receive that yet. You know, so everything in life, it's yours already. It's whether you're ready to receive it. Those some powerful words right there. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting concept. Never heard that. <laughs> it's already there. It's almost, it's almost like it's almost like that like law of attraction concept. Mm-hmm. Similar similar to that. Wait, your brothers and you never heard that one? 
No, man, sir. you got a quote. <laughs> <laughs> I need more quotes. <laughs> this, is, this is a little bro, man. You're looking out for him. <laughs> I'm going to read some books, man. <laughs> He's like, get to reading. There's words out there. You got to learn them. <laughs> so, what's it like collaborating with people? Um, For me, collaborating can be really difficult, especially when it comes to other companies, because... Uh, the one that I did, he was very picky on um, his aesthetic, you know, because at least the collaborations that I've tried have never really worked out um, because um, we have a certain aesthetic and that brand has a certain aesthetic. So it's really hard to combine the two without um, overdoing it. Exactly. Like, for example, we were supposed to be doing a collaboration with our good friend Lalo. So he owns the uh, wing it lifestyle so i don't know if you're familiar with lalo um but um uh, i don't know if you're familiar with uh the skateboarder paul rodriguez no i'm kind of socially enough. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't know things <laughs> he's a huge skateboarder and he's basically promoting his brand it's okay. really cool so uh we were supposed to do a little collaboration with him but it never really worked out at least not yet because we haven't figured out how to combine ideas without overlapping too many um like aspects of one another so at least for me that's what i have a tough time with collaboration with other companies so it's not really the uh the dirty business talk that'll break down a collaboration it's right. just the aesthetic it's just flat out not working and, out yeah right? it's like it's right. like mm-hmm. it's like it's like the kid it's like the slow kids you try to put the blue or the the uh, square peg in the triangle slot. Oh, <laughs> I wouldn't say it to that degree. It just sounds like a, a conflict of uh, like our artistic design. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and a lot of the time too, when I do reach out to collab or when people do reach out collab to us, it's not necessarily to create more profit, but it is really just to diversify the demographic, you know, to, to get more eyes on each other's work. Now, are you are you open to uh, collabing with people from like vastly different industries? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you got to you, you heard it get... here. Lavish is lavish is open. Well, <laughs> lavish will do anything. Well, I mean, I will say that um, over the summer we made a ton of uniforms in collaboration with a local supermarket. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so we made them over like I think it was over like fifteen hundred dollars worth of stuff. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. Over so, one summer. Oh, yeah. So I would say that would not necessarily be our weirdest collab, but definitely our... Uh, you weren't expecting that. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. And and the local was really funny. It was like a little crab with a rooster. <laughs> and <some stuff>. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Okay. Was so great. now I have to ask, what was the weirdest collab? <laughs> the weirdest collab. Or, or at least the weirdest, like maybe custom piece you had to make. Something that made you question, like, is this what you really want? <laughs> <laughs> Can you think of any weird things that we've had to make? Oh, I know one. Um, our, I won't name names, but he wanted a big red North Face jacket, and on the back it was like um, uh, the oh the, hentaihaven.org. Yeah. Oh, hentai yeah. Yeah. I was just yep. about to say it was probably a yes. hentai piece. Yep. Oh my God. <laughs> 
That was my first time. I was like, I bet someone that. wanted it. It's a tie. very nice jacket. <laughs> it's like, very nice. He wears it to this day. Like one one day <laughs> I want public. one day I want some clothing with the uh, with the bad dragon logo on it. It just looks like a dragon head, you know. So anybody who points it out, you're gonna be like, ha ha ha! You have you have a terrible browser history too. <laughs> Hey, we can make something work for you. Oh, sweet, perfect. <laughs> let me know, let me know. <laughs> Were there any sub- collaborations that surprised you as far as, like, you know, someone you didn't expect to reach out to you? Yes, actually. Um, I also won't name names, but I thought I had a following, a falling out with a certain company. Um, I think there was some miscommunication, but anyways, uh, he ended up reaching out to me. At, actually, you know, it was really unexpected. And uh, we actually just finished up a ton of stickers for him. So, shouts out uh, this person. Love you, man. You thought the bridge was burned. Maybe they learned how to swim. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, like, what I've learned in the last year is if your customer service is truly good and you stand by your product and you know you're right, I've burned bridges and will make sales to them the very next day. Wow. Because they they know that we make great products and like, you know, whatever conflict we had was dumb and they're gonna just gonna come back because we're the best. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like they it, they were able to uh, separate personal differences and exactly. uh, business opportunities. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's always good. Yeah, people that do that. I mean, it just goes along with it's like we don't have to like you, but your product's great. It's like being able to disassociate is a positive quality right and and the thing is like business is is not always pretty you know like you're gonna have people like that who want your products but they're gonna give you a hard time about it so you gotta prepare yourself for every situation what do you guys look for when you seek out collaborators i personally look for people that are doing things different not necessarily just design but kind of like uh the way they present themselves. I really only try to reach out to collaborators who I think we can make wholesome content with. Okay, that's cool. Eric, do you do you have your own approach? Um there isn't much people that I that have hit me up to collab, but um the people that we have been in contact with collaborations Sorry, I forgot the question. <laughs> I, was saying, do you, do I saw those gears spinning when I started doing the hand move. <laughs> I was saying, like, you know, do you, do you have your own approach as opposed to your brother when you're looking for something within a collaboration? Right, right. Okay. Um, so what I tend to look for is a lot of aesthetic, just like um the way they make their designs. Because when I make a lot of the clothing, me and my other designer is the one that actually makes a lot of the designs that we put out that um reflects us as who we are so um just a lot of it for me is just visual based like how how they appeal to their products and whatnot so you're looking for something that could represent both brands properly you know you don't want to have uh a collaboration with a group that comes in with this this trash design (laughs) where it's it's almost one-sided they can be like yeah lavish in our stuff and you can be like don't say that. <laughs> don't, yeah, exactly. don't mention us. Yeah, and I think that's why uh, me and my brother make a great team because, like, I'll look for that wholesome, you know, interaction while my brother will also scour for that aesthetic. So when we find that match, it like like that. It's got it's got to pass the Lee test. Both yes, <laughs> it's got to be a Lee <laughs> test. 
Oh, that's, I mean, that's the way you gotta, you have to approach it like that. I mean, you don't, you don't want to do something for pragmatic reasons like, oh, well, it's just business. We might as well do it. You guys want it to actually mean something. Exactly. Um, do you feel like, do you feel like lavish is something that either of you could have done on your own or do you feel like the, the partnership is absolutely necessary? The, I think it's absolutely necessary. I personally necessary. feel like it's absolutely necessary, yeah. not only with me and my brother, but um, I think Derek has become such a huge key. And uh, I wish he was here. He's probably sleeping because that, that boy has some weird sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I don't think it would be possible uh, without my brother. Um, well, they've already done it separately. Yeah, so this. Yeah, and it didn't work out both times. <laughs> now, now, it's, now it's where you guys have been doing at it for a while now, so obviously you did something right. The point I'm getting at is uh, it's important to have people around you to help shoulder that burden. You Definitely. know, not everything yeah. has to be done on your own. And that's something Definitely. that a lot of people need to, like, understand when they're approaching mm-hmm. these uh, opportunities. Like, the yeah. partnership has to make sense. Mm-hmm. Like, the biggest compliment we get is our chemistry on the podcast. And it's like, we've known each other for a while. It only made, it almost, like, after we recorded the first episode, it was listening to it, it was like, it was garbage. But it's like, oh, this just makes sense for some reason. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it did, like, after doing it, it's like, we couldn't not come here and record every week. Yeah, it just felt kind of different to not record. Yeah, it feels <laughs> I don't, um, We haven't dirty. not recorded yet. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's exactly how I feel, too. Like, when Derek isn't around the shop, like, the days where he takes off or, like, there was one week a few months ago where he was uh, sick for the entire week, it felt really weird not having Derek at the shop working on something downstairs. It's like you're missing the other hand from your body, you know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I couldn't imagine... You know, you get, especially when you get locked into a workflow, mm-hmm. one key person's missing for like maybe a little bit and you're just like, something's not right here. Yeah. Throws mm-hmm. the whole vibe <laughs> off. Yeah. Especially now, like I'm so used to like, um, Derek checking the emails and stuff every day. Like I've almost not necessarily gotten lazy cause I still check every day, but I don't check as often as I used to. Cause, um, when I do go check, Derek's already, you know, replied to these e- e- emails and sent out these quotes and done all whatever he needs to do. So, you know, it's kind of crazy that we've gotten to the point where we can like rely on other people. Yeah. yeah and just kind of like sit back and actually focus on the brand and not necessarily like the logistics behind keeping it going. What's it like having to handle the nuts and bolts administrative stuff? as opposed to working hands-on with a product? Honestly, I personally hate doing the administrative stuff. Like, like you don't want to, you don't want to handle the accounting. <laughs> you don't want to handle the customer service. You yeah. just want to, I mean, I mean like I love people and, and I love what I do right now, but when it comes down to, I really do like sitting there and like weeding all the little stickers, you know, doing all the little tedious things. Because I feel like when I'm, you know, about to do it, I kind of dread it. But once I get into the flow, it's actually really nice. So, yeah, it's like there's a piece to calmly working with your craft. Or like, you know, like, you know, you don't want to handle the paperwork. But once you actually see, you know, having that, because you get to see both sides. You get to see it from the worker and the owner standpoint. So exactly. It's, it's like you don't like to do all the, the nitpicky stuff initially, but you're, you know, that's your view into seeing how the business is actually growing. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure once you can afford to have a team to do that, you'll be like, oh, no problem. You guys handle all this stuff. <laughs> exactly. But, I mean, does it, is like, 
was there a balancing act or like more of a workflow you had to come up with to handle all of that? I mean, it's like you guys are making product, but it's like you have back end stuff you have to worry about. Like, you know, being you guys are an LLC, I'm sure you guys had to worry about things like, you know, quarterly taxes. You know, you have to, you know, make sure, you know, I'm assuming, do you guys have anything that's trademarked? Yeah. Yet? Yeah. Okay. So I'm assuming you probably have to handle all that stuff too, mm-hmm. which, you know, can be a pain because you got to figure out like, okay, am I actually allowed to use whatever image I created because mm-hmm. someone else could have one that's slightly different. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of it at the beginning was both me and my brother, but as we kind of like move on, um, uh, it seems like, um, n- not necessarily on purpose, but it seems like my brother's doing a lot more of the administrative stuff, like yeah, all the logistics and, and what- like making sure we like our taxes are straight, our paperwork is good, you know, like we're up to code with the LLC stuff like that. A lot of the stuff is also in his name because I wanted him to build credit, you know. So, you know, and then um, and then now it seems like I'm doing a lot more of the the actual production work with Derek, and you know that's completely okay. It sounds like you guys are like two heads of the same coin, you know, like you're you're sharing the workload very well, like at you, least from the like outside. Every, everybody's kind of finding their place on like right. what they're good at or what, you know, they're better suited for. Exactly. And and, you know, I personally don't want to be pressing shirts for the rest of my life. But if I'm good at it, then right now I'm an asset to the, you know, the company in that way, you know, and I mean, you don't want to be doing it 15 years from now. Right, but mm-hmm. <laughs> but and at the start of it, you the, it gives you insight and it helps you when you bring more people onto the team because mm-hmm. you know if you if you know how to do it, you can have confidence in other people to figure it out. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. I think it's also important to you know develop that skill and keep it, and also to retain it because like in the future, if you were to grow very large to the point where you have like a a cast of employees that that's pretty numerous or if you, you have know, multiple locations yeah it, okay. it, you could you could always you know jump right down into the production floor and work with them and show them like hey like i've not i'm not detached from this i'm still like 100 percent about the company and the people that work for mm-hmm. it you know it's just i don't know it's a, it's it's like a, a relations thing yeah and, and i think that that's really important you. too like i don't want people to you know join the company later and expect to be at the top when they haven't you know been at the bottom pressing shirts with me you know, like it's it's a process, you know, like Steve Jobs didn't one day be like, oh, I'm the, the CEO of this company. No, no, he had, he had to, you know, make the iPhone first, you know, like he had to do all this stuff to get to that point. Steve Jobs is also kind of shady, though. <laughs> yeah, but no, there's a, there's a, like when you actually look in the history of Steve Jobs, like he it's like business genius. But this dude is like the ultimate con man. Like, did you guys know that when the iPhone like the. Like at the conference when he did the iPhone launch, they used like five or six different iPhones because it wasn't working properly yet. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think I remember so, yeah, the he'd swap, that he'd, they had. He'd swap out phones for different things because it wasn't quite working yet. So he had to convince people. So yeah, also when he um when they did um when him and Wozniak did a uh, Pong, they got paid seven thousand dollars. He told Wozniak that he, they only made seven hundred because they were going to split it because <laughs> apparently he needed the money. Wozniak was like, "Dude, if he needed the money, I would have given it to him. I was just happy to be on the product project." Oh, yeah, dude, Steve Jobs is shady. Like, <laughs> honesty is important. That's that's the takeaway. Honesty, honesty is important. important. Even if you're not honest, you might be the head of one of the biggest companies ever. But don't go that route, please. That shouldn't be how you get there. <laughs> I mean, he didn't always do that, but you know, it's like when he got. He got ousted from Apple, and then he got back because he ended up being head of another computer company. And 
he came up with his computer. They didn't have an operating software yet. He literally did that to bait Apple into acquiring it to shut it down so he could get back to the top spot. Yeah, <laughs> dude, there's, when you learn more about business people, you figure, you find out all these really strange things they do. Like, the business world is really weird like that. Like, all these weird moves people make is just mind-blowing, especially in the tech industry. And that's why that's why the, this, this generation of uh, young entrepreneurs has to be different, you know? Amen to that. I mean, yeah, you know, we have to we have to kind of operate differently because, you know, how many people how many people who are still around who are here pre-internet age? You know, there's still a lot of them around. Warren Buffett's still alive and he's from, you know, he's from a time way back when. <laughs> so do you guys have actually we'll get into um, goals you guys have. We'll start with do you guys have any long term goals. Like any like pinpointed like you know exact you want to be at this point however many years from now. Sure, uh, we were actually just talking about this uh, early, earlier uh, today, but um, currently our uh, goals um, short term, long term, and then like very long term. So short term, we'd like to get another shop this year. I, I was actually going to ask who was short term yeah. after this. So yeah. short term is another shop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, and then our long term for the year for this year's we'd love to get into screen printing. I mean, screen printing, you do it right. That's, you know, it's very easy to get a lot of people. And it's not only that, but it's just more efficient and it's more more cost effective. The quality is a lot better. Um, things are more consistent as well, too, because we have like a little jig to put all the T-shirts on. So we're not eyeballing everything, you know. And that's another skill. Yeah. Yeah. Expand the skill set that mm. draws more people. And as far as like our long, long term goals in five years, I honestly would like to be able to uh, grow to the point where we can sustain that shop and then I can travel the country and go to all the car shows. So in other words, you guys don't want to be working day jobs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you want it to grow to the point where it's it's self it's entirely self sustained. You're you're self employed fully full time, and you can use that opportunity to reach out across the across the entire country. Pretty much, yeah. To... So my my end goal is to be able to transition from kind of doing the logistics stuff in house to kind of traveling and promoting the brand. With uh, with the method of car shows and sponsors and whatnot. I mean, you get out of the country, you hit certain spots, and you can you can be a big hit. Like you know, especially if you go to the places without winter. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like once it gets to this downtime here, you can be like, oh, I'll just, I guess I'll go to the you know the other you know parts of the country. You know, I don't. Know, maybe you might you know go overseas too. I don't know how I could drive there, but definitely, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> You're going to drive all the way to Europe. <laughs> I mean, you could, you could, you park, you could park your car on a shipping, uh, a shipping ship. And yeah, I mean, it's, over there. Yeah, it's definitely. <laughs> just, just so you can oh, drive yeah. the car and show off. <laughs> yeah. Just to flex. Uh, yeah, every day above deck, you're just revving it up. Like, hey, check this out. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's wild that you mentioned that. Because uh, actually, uh, a few years ago, I started following this guy on Instagram. He uh, built really cool unique cars like really unique bag cars you would never see and uh just last year actually he shipped his car from japan to um i think it was norway i forgot where it was but it was a big car car show in europe and that really goes to show like if you really want to do it you really can it's definitely possible start lavish worldwide lavish worldwide global (laughs) that's the goal 
Uh, do you guys have any, um, besides Lavish, do you guys have any other things you guys do that you're trying to make a little bit more serious on the level that you guys are doing Lavish? Um, currently, I'd like to start live streaming gaming because gaming and anime is something I'm really into besides the whole Lavish thing. But um, I just haven't had a chance to start my streaming career because I don't have a good enough PC to play games <laughs> and stream. <laughs> so that is still in the works. <laughs> I mean, it's it's also still like an advertising point if you can grow that really large. You know, right. everyone's going to see you wearing Lavish branded uh, gear in the live stream. So. Right, and even if I wanted, like, I could start a lavish streaming team, too, because we are a media group. I, that might be the way to go. It's like the, <laughs> la- the lavish Honestly. team, maybe go to go compete. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Sponsor your own team, it pretty much gaming. costs you nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely an option, for sure. Honestly, you got, uh, you know, now that you said it, you guys should probably figure out a cosplay division. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, there's, you know, it's, with you know, you got to think about it with, like, anime growing to the point with how commercially acceptable it's been in this it really, in yeah. the west now think about it i mean you know he you know you did that one piece for him that could you know <laughs> that could be a whole i mean obviously you'd have to figure out a whole separate division because that you right. could get you could get overrun with a bunch of people who want it because you know i mean jess has been doing it for years i can put you into contact with her honestly if you want to if you want to branch into that <laughs> We're just going to be like the networking pod. We Honestly. just connect, connect, connect people to, the to other pod. people. We're going to connect you with 14 other people. <laughs> it's like the matchmaker for business. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. I mean, it's always good to have other things, you know, always diversify. Um, I don't know. John, do you have any? Uh, other than Lavish, the only really own, the only other thing that I'm really working on is like, um, I've been trying to um, develop my sound for my music for the past, uh, I would say, seriously for the past like two and a half, three years. Kind of. That's, that's what I've been doing. I, yeah. I think I finally, I finally found ground in what I'm trying to be. Yeah, so I'm sure forever. you can relate a little bit, like just kind of like experimenting and learning how to make different sounds and different genres and i feel like now i can pretty much make any genre i really want to but but what do i want to be like known for or what do i i want to produce i don't know yet i mean you can do it you can pretty much do anything you want you know maybe be that guy who does everything i don't know we'll have to start working on stuff together that's definitely definitely we'll work on stuff together and then we'll do a lavish drop to go along with it (laughs) put out the oh dude you lavish media mixtape Oh, oh the, I prefer not to say lavish media presents. <laughs> I'm all for it. Oh, you're on to some now. <laughs> Honestly, We're at least planning business moves on the pod. <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, yeah. It's always yeah. That's that's another point I want to make. People don't just put all your chips in one, you know, one bet. Diversify. You, you you could be good at multiple things. You could take advantage of multiple things. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Um, I guess the big, big question, because we're reaching the end here, what advice do you have for other people who may want to do what you do or just, you know, start an independent business of their own? Um, Going back, like what, what would you have told your younger selves? At least in my, in my perspective, I took care of a lot of the logistics and I'll be honest, when we first started the company, I had no idea what I was doing, whether it was getting an LLC or if it was getting um, 
some permits for some events we had. I know my brother helped me learn a lot, but it's something I had never looked into. Something I would suggest to a lot of people is knowing how a business works um, logistically because there is a lot of options when it comes to how your company is um, categorized. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when we first started, we actually did not pick the correct way to tax our uh, company, which is which is a big mistake, but which can be fixed still, though, luckily. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you can always go back and be like, hey, look, we messed up. Can, <laughs> so can we please, change this? is my first time. <laughs> Very costly mistake. Yeah. You know, it's whatever. It was a mistake that needed to be made. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least you know now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I know how to do everything now, but when I first started, that's something I had no idea how to do. And I didn't do any research beforehand, so that's that's a mistake that I did. I would say my advice to everyone is make sure your designs are clean. Like very, uh, you know, because when you put stuff out there you and, and people look at it, especially when they look at it up close, you want everything to look really clean, professional, you know, nice cut, you know. And on top of that, too, is um, what I've learned, especially from the beginning, is like make sure if you're going to do business with some, some someone, you're like you said before, you're willing to fire them. You're you're willing to go separate ways. And if you're not willing to lose that friend as a friend, please don't don't risk that because it's not worth it. Side note, I don't run, I don't want people to think I'm just ditching people left and right all the time because that seems to be something I talk about often. I'm just willing to yeah. just cut people out. <laughs> people people ask me about it and I have to I explain it. I'm like, no, it's it's not what it sounds like. But yeah. So yeah, I think we reached it's about that time. About We've that reached time. that time in the episode. Any closing thoughts? Anything you'd like to just anything that's still staring up there that you want to just pour out real quick? Um Not, not really, no. Any shout-outs to anybody specific or, or a list of people? I mean, you know, this is audio, man. You can say whatever you want. Shout-outs Ariel, shout-outs Vischer, shout-outs uh, Ethan, the other Ethan, the third Ethan. <laughs> I know so too the many brotherhood. Ethans. <laughs> I know too many Ethans. I would just say... Um, it's, it's actually funny. Uh, I actually have a buddy of mine named Ethan who's going to be on the show soon. <laughs> Sorry to um, cut you off. <laughs> oh no, you're good. Um, I, I was just gonna say, uh, if if I had to, you know, shout anyone out for lavish, I would say the biggest shouts out would go out to, um, two two people, Aaron, um, mostly because he got us into the industry, so we wouldn't even be lavish if it wasn't for him coming to me. And then second of all is Derek. Um, I've had a really hard last year and i've had a really hard time transitioning into my new current job so with derek being there full-time taking care of everything i really don't have to worry about anything so big shouts out to derek we would not be here without derek i love you derek love you derek <laughs> sound like a great guy derek, <laughs> <laughs> derek. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll have to have derek on the pod honestly <laughs> if he wants to <laughs> yeah. well that's the show this week hope you guys enjoyed it look forward for more you know we definitely plan on having them back to, you know, check on the progress. You know, who knows? Maybe they'll be even bigger than they are now. That's the goal. <laughs> All right, sir. So that wraps up this episode. We're signing out. And remember, as always, stay hustling and stay hydrated. <laughs> <laughs>
check, check, yeah. check, <laughs> yer, check. Hey, yeah. Hey, check. Yeah. All right, so I got a quick story. So so today we had a uh, potluck at work today, right? So everyone made this super good food, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we had a uh, sign-up sheet, and everyone was writing what they were doing, and I put pretty decent o- o- OJ, right? <laughs> pretty decent OJ. Very big. So I come in. <laughs> and, and everyone's got these Tupperwares and and like someone brought an air fryer to make fresh bacon. Wow! Damn, fresh bacon. Bless their heart, right? <laughs> nah, these fools getting packaged OJ from Myers. <laughs> 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 got time to make OJ. It's a pretty decent OJ. <laughs> You're not wrong, man. It is just pretty decent though. <laughs> it's not great. I, I cannot mean. lie to. Tell these people I cannot give them a promise that I couldn't keep. 